spinning back to the open side. Karim Bete, Optical here for Samu, who's quick. Pete Samu looking for Karim Bete. Back to Samu. Oh, that is wonderful. That is wild. That is amazing from the Wallabies. Welcome to Pick and Drive Rugby, where the people's podcast providing a platform for rugby lovers to come together and support the game that's played in heaven. Match reviews, player interviews, quality rugby chat that is consistent and positive. We do it all for you, our dear listeners. I'm your host, Ando. With me is Mitch. Yep. Hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly Mate, forgot to, to say hi there. We've done this for how many years, and yet it's still awkward every single time. I think we just cut it well, out. Well, it's because we're, we're now on the video <laughs> format. This is a nice little plug for YouTube. We're on the video format, and I was actually just really enjoying sitting here and watching Ando do the intro, and I just sort of just got lost in you in your eyes, mate. So. <laughs> Fair enough, man. It's like me and Ryan on again every single week. Well, anyway, I'm Ando. That's Mitch. And tonight we are going to be covering some pretty, pretty exciting things tonight. So we're going to start off with a bit of a who am I trivia or question. Um, Mitch is going to be running this. I'm very scared. I'm very scared because I always get nervous and a bit of stage fright with this, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Following that, we're going to have a new segment for the week, which is called Fast Five. And we'll tell you more about that when we get to it. Before we go through our general thoughts for round one talk about the match of the week which turned out to be the waratahs versus the brumbies so we're going to go through that in a lot more detail than some of the other games before we move to the locker room now a couple of other things that we do need to talk about we need to jump on to the tipping results for week one so congratulations to everybody that got involved it was absolutely fantastic and um we have patrick with the team F-A-R-Q-S, Fox, who have a total Far points Queensland, of six. Queensland, I think. It, is it? Ah, maybe. Far Queensland, perhaps. <laughs> um, who have total points of six with a margin of nine. So they're doing very, very well so far. Picked the closest uh, result, particularly the, the margin was on the Crusaders-Chiefs game, wasn't it? And so a lot of people yeah. would have got that game incorrect. So the fact that they've done quite well here is really impressive. Uh, next up, we have Dan G with the team name Jojo Rabbit and Daniel T with the Gingers. All of them on six points. A few of them, actually, uh, Jack and Jared as well, all on six points, but with varying margins. So congratulations, Patrick, who is at the top of the table. And I know that you've got a lot of people hunting you down. So hopefully you can continue that lead. Now, Jumping to a couple of other things before we get into the trivia, please do not forget to join us on our Discord channel. We have an awesome community of rugby fans and we would love for you to join. Go to our link tree on any of our social medias and you'll be able to find the um, code and the link to be able to get into the server. One of the really, really cool things that happened this weekend was just how we have we have a match thread for every single uh, Super Rugby game across the weekend. And the amount of conversation and live discussion that was going on, but also the recaps at the end where everyone's kind of going through their uh, expectations versus the reality and why the result was the way it was, the chat went off and the quality and the level of the conversation within those threads was amazing. So I very much encourage you to join us on Discord. And finally, thank you for those of us, for those of you who have been helping to support the pod. If you would be interested in doing that, please consider going to ko-fi.com slash pick and drive rugby and supporting us with a one-off or monthly payment. And that is it. Mitch, you're going to be taking us through Who Am I? So here, I'm going to throw it over to you. Let's go. Well, actually, before we get into the Who Am I, I think we might just uh, take a, a step back and just remind people of what we've been doing over the last few days and 
the last weekend, really, and what I put it in the run sheet. Put it in the run sheet. I probably should have put it in the run sheet. Yes. Anyway, we'll, we'll do this on the fly. Uh, but what uh, we're doing things a little bit differently this year. 2023, new season, Super Rugby Pacific has kicked off. So if you haven't seen it already in your in your feed, uh, we do have a podcast, a live reaction podcast. Actually, maybe it's not a... Oh, I guess we can call it a live reaction. <laughs> it it is a reaction technically podcast. live, but Instant it's a reaction, reaction podcast. podcast. So. Instant reaction, that's the, that's the word there. Uh, so we recorded that on Friday evening, late, late, late at night after the post-match press conferences and everything in Allianz Stadium. So uh, if you want to hear what our just initial thoughts are from the game, mm-hmm. reflecting a little bit on the performances of the players, but also uh, talking a little bit around the press conferences and what the coaches both said, uh, do go and follow that as well. So we're um, heading down this weekend to Super Round and hopefully we can do something similar for that for all the games that are played down there, particularly the Aussie games. Um, and we're still in talks with the Waratahs, but we're hoping that we can uh, get this access for the rest of the season and continue to bring that kind of content to you as well. If you have listened to it and you've got any thoughts or opinions, let us know. It's a bit of a work in progress at the moment. Um, we will say that it probably wasn't the most conducive environment to record in, so uh, it, we apologize it started if off there good, is didn't a little it? bit hard to hear at times. <laughs> started off it well. It started off nice and quiet. We, um, and banging Yeah, we tried to and... beat the journos in. Um, but yeah, did, there was a lot of background noise, so we will see if we can sort of uh, steal into a, a side room or something next time and, and record in a quieter environment. But um, yep. yeah, if you if you do want to hear our instant reactions and our instant thoughts from the games, do um, go ahead and listen to that because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we found a couple of really good spaces nearby um, at Alliance that we can use that are kind of like padded booths for recording. So we'll we'll, we'll make an effort to uh, try and use them next week and hope we don't kick, get kicked out. And um, well, next game I should say, <laughs> next, next Sydney game that we're at. Um, so either way, mate, it was really fun doing that live recording. Keen to uh, instant reaction, I should say. Keen to keep them going. And why don't we jump on now into the trivia? Let's go. All right, it's time for our trivia segment this evening. Now, it's just you, Ando, so we're putting you on the spot. Let's. Uh, normally, we've done this in the past with a few other people, a guest or two, so no pressure tonight. It's just you flying solo, but we are doing a Who Am I segment. So this player, I will um, say to start with, this is Super Rugby because it's Super Rugby okay. Round 1 this week. It is yep. sort of focused on that, and it is an Australian player. So okay. um, I've got four questions. We have an additional three, should we need it later on. Mm-hmm. If you know who it is, um, yell it out. You've got two guys. You'll have two or three guesses, but um, we'll see how you go. So sure. let's just get yeah, into okay. it. Um, and those playing on at home, let's see if you can get it faster than Ando. So first question, <clears throat> I was born in Saudi Arabia to Irish parents, arriving oi, in oi, Australia oi, 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 in 19... 19- oi, I know. Okay, well, well, let's just, that's a little bit fast there, Ando. That's, that's a little bit premature. So let's just keep going for those at home and give them a little bit right. more of a chance to catch up. All right, what I'll we'll do see if you is can do um, it once I answer I've got form. a little card here. I'll write it down um, on here and I won't show the screen. So I'll hold it like this um, and I won't move it. And then when we've gone through some of the questions, I'll flip it over and you can see if I'm right. All right, let's do that. All right, so I'll keep going. Um, All right. So to recap, because you cut me (laughs) off halfway through the question, born in Saudi Arabia to Irish parents, arriving in Australia in 1988, aged five. 
I made my Super Rugby debut debut in 2003 against the Bulls. I made my Wallabies debut in 2005 against Samoa. I made my World Cup debut in 2007 against Japan. And the final question of this segment, I am the third highest capped Super Rugby player of all time. Now, Ando, let's see if you can talk the talk and let's see if you've got it right. <laughs> Who do you think uh, it, it might is? show up backwards. It might be reversed, but it is Stephen Moore. It's not reversed. Well done. And it is. Oh, Congratulations. <laughs> it is Stephen Moore. Awesome. Yeah. As soon as you How went, did you um, get that so quickly? Saudi Arabia. I knew Saudi Arabia. And so I, I remember that just being a random fact about... Um, about squeak that was something that just stayed in my mind so as soon as you said born in saudi arabia i was like game on i know this one i know this one (laughs) (laughs) well i wasn't sure that's like the either fact that will make it too obvious or not obvious enough i mean that could really throw you off course so uh well done you got that great thanks man (laughs) if anyone got that faster than ando which would be like within the first two words uh two three words of the first question then you've you've done really really well I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> so why don't we move on now to our, an, a new segment that we're trying for this week, which is called Fast Five. So what I'm going to do is I'm getting my phone out and I'm going to put a five-minute timer on as soon as we get going. And what we're going to do is we have five minutes and five minutes only to debate the state of rugby or to sit on our pedestal and suggest what we think could be improved within a game of rugby. So tonight, there are two things that we're going to be talking about. Number one, law variations. Number two, the Waratahs match day experience. Okay? So we don't have long. Any comment that you say has to be quick and has to be to the point. And if we go over five minutes, we lose. Okay? So let's... And then once that that alarm goes off, we're off. It's done. We're We're on to the next segment. Yeah, we're cutting cutting each other, uh, us off. So three, two, one, go. All right. So the new law variations. Super Rugby this year started a um, whole series of innovations that are trying to speed up the game. They are 90 second limit for conversion, 60 seconds for penalty kicks, 30 seconds for scrums and lineouts, five seconds at rucks, so reducing caterpillar rucks, and getting rid of TMO intervention within play for when a red card is being deliberated. So when a yellow card is given, they're like, okay, cool, get off the field, here's a yellow card, and we'll figure out if it's red. How do you think it went this weekend? Well, actually, I'll just I'll, uh, one thing that we did learn from this weekend is the way that the referee actually adjudicates that yellow card. So I, I think we only saw that in the Chiefs and uh, Crusaders game. So Ben O'Keefe, I think it was at the time, gave a yellow card. And so he gives the card and then he actually does like a cross arms and says, okay, that's now on review. Um, yep. And so that's the way that it's going to be. It's going to work. There was a few other instances. I think Sam Kane got a yellow card, and it was just a straight out yellow card. He didn't get yeah, that. Yeah, like Seru Uru and uh, Ryan Smith both got yellow cards, but there were straight yellows. So how do you think it worked? Yeah, so on, it's interesting that. Um, yeah, I, I thought that. I mean, we only saw one, and uh, just I guess across the round, the TMO interventions were minimal. There was. I mean, I can't even think there was one from the Waratahs game that they pretty much stuffed up. But we'll talk about that later. Yep. <laughs> uh, but overall, I think in terms of the TMO intervention, it, it's a step in the right direction. We're not seeing them intervene as much and we're not slowing down the game. I think one thing that I was expecting uh, from the referees in this first round was to hear a little bit more through the communications of speeding teams up. There was certain times in certain games where I did definitely hear that, but I don't remember any like shot clocks being called at scrum time or lineouts. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't yep. think anyone was yep. ever like, pulled up for that the only thing they were sort of adjudicating that area was kind of like no 
no uh no huddles before the scrum set so Easy. i think that's my all right all right, all right. that's, that's you you cut off um now i want to say something <laughs> one of the things <laughs> i think is that they need to make sure that they have some type of visual representation of that either at home um on the tv on, on the live feed or at the game so if i yep. as a teacher am able to put a freaking countdown timer in the bottom left of my screen whilst i'm showing stuff to students i don't see why it's that hard to have a timer where the ref goes 60 seconds starts now and a timer is just put onto the screen and they go not hard keeps the fan engaged um and makes it really really obvious to see when players are getting close to that limit now the second thing we need to move to is the waratahs match day experience so both mitch and i went to alliance for the brumbies well, waratahs brumbies game and I have to say, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good experience. Mm -hmm. um, the beer wasn't incredibly expensive. It it was expensive, but I mean, it's Sydney at a stadium. Um, and the food was really, really tasty, but was stupidly expensive. Um, and so yeah. both and I, both Mitch and I were in the tar bar, which was where they had like standing tiers at one end of the stadium behind the goals. Yep. They removed um, all the seats. Yeah, removed all the seats, had room for people to stand, all the benches you could rest your butt on. I've um, got to say, I really enjoyed it, but it needs to be improved. Uh, there wasn't any special crowd yeah. interaction. Most of it was filled with like mid-20 corporates who were just talking about their latest NFTs or crypto scams or upcoming <laughs> AFL games and stuff like that. They were barely watching the match. Mitch and I and some drunk kid who was like 17, I don't know how we got in there, was the, were the only ones actually cheering. Oh, he was fun. So, he was great. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. Um, but what do you think needs to change to make that a better crowd experience at the Tava? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, uh, I think I said it on the night, like they need interaction, they need buy-in from the team. Like there was one point where the Waratahs scored a try off in the corner uh, that was on the end of that Tava and the players like did their celebration and then like ran back up to halfway. It would be great to see them when they score that try to come into that section and really get involved like they like the Highlanders tend to do in the zoo. Um, yep. And they just need to get it full. They just need to give tickets away for half price, a few bucks, get people in there, fill it up, have that atmosphere. Um, I think one other thing just, and I know the, the time is about to go off in a second, but um, <laughs> we really need to get the TMO and the referee mic'd up in the stadiums. Mm -hmm. And I did notice it was happening in Townsville. So Angus Gardner was coming across the PA system, but yep. uh, on the weekend, Nick Berry wasn't. And there was a few times where we had no idea what was going on because we couldn't hear it. So that's one Easy. thing that the Waratahs need to fix up. Brilliant. And my couple of suggestions are, I mean, the Waratahs have a connection with UNSW. So I don't see why we're not giving out like two for one tickets to the Taba to UNSW sports club members or something like that that can guarantee that they can be there. Um, include a free drink per ticket within that and you'll get uni students coming along without a doubt. And the Tars have so many people that are involved in like those halftime shows that they just need to employ a couple of people to be the hype squad for the game to help get people to be cheering and, and riling up the crowd. So that's my thoughts. Five minutes done. Time is up. And now we're going to be moving on. There we on go. We're done. I will match. just say, whilst we move on now, um, for those that don't know, and I think this was something that was sort of organized last minute, and with the first game of the round, so the Waratahs were sort of pushing sales, and a lot of people went out and bought tickets early. But for next time, you can actually get a ticket to Tarbar for $40, which includes two beers. So, yep. I mean, we don't um, encourage drinking at all, but if you want to sit in Tarbar, if you want that. <laughs> Uh, if you want that uh, ex experience or that atmosphere, then that's a, a great option there that's available that may not be so widely known. Definitely. Well, let's mate, go. Let's go uh, keep moving along uh, and we'll do match of the week. So we will first run through the results for Super Rugby Pacific round one. 
and then what we've done this year and what we're doing a little bit differently, if you check our socials, we put it out on Instagram, we put it out on Twitter. I think it was also on Facebook. I'm not too sure. Uh, but we're asking you your opinion on the round, the match of the round. We focus on the Australian teams. We're an Australian podcast. So this week we will do quick fire, really, really quick, just a few comments from some of the games that happened this for the first round. And then we will go into depth and we'll focus on the Waratahs and Brumbies game. Now we are Waratahs fans and that's not just us choosing to do that. We put the call out. We asked you which game you wanted us to talk about. And that's why we're talking about the Waratahs. So don't uh, don't hit us with your hate. Uh, it's your choice. And if you want to hear about another game in future weeks, get on the socials and make your voice heard. Um, anyway, without that, uh, the round, the first results from round one. So a few upsets here. Uh, number one, the biggest upset, which I honestly did not see coming. I don't think anyone did. Chiefs 31, Crusaders 10. What happened, Ando? Mate, it was absolutely amazing. The second half, the Chiefs just ran absolute riot. Um, the Crusaders were in the game quite well. I think they got up to a 10-0 lead, and then it was a 31 points unanswered to the Chiefs. And um, just to make it really clear, this was the Crusaders playing at home. Now, yep. to have the, um, the, the tournament favourites and champions from 2022 knocked off in such a convincing fashion is really surprising. It puts um, that old saying of the Crusaders start slowly every Super Rugby season back into the picture because it's sometimes like a bit of a lazy trope or a lazy commentator's uh, statement to be putting out there. Yet, I wonder if there's some element to it. This wasn't a weak Crusaders team by any stretch of the imagination, but the Chiefs just took it to them. Their dynamism in the physical contact areas, their ability to exploit mistakes from the Crusaders, particularly off multi-phase opportunities, was just really, really impressive. So the Chiefs were excellent for the win, and they're going to be really, really dangerous moving forward. Yeah, they are. Uh, we'll, keep, we'll move through the rest of the results, and then we might talk about one or two uh, key thoughts of the round, and then we'll move into our match of the week. So... Uh, Waratahs, Brumbies, 31-25 to the Brumbies in that one. Moana Pacifica and Fijian Indrua, 36-34 to the Indrua. That's a fantastic game, just going to say. If you haven't seen it, definitely get into the Stan Sport Mini because that was just nonstop the whole game. Uh, Highlanders and Blues, 60-20 to to the Blues. Massive dominant performance there by the Auckland Blues. Uh, We then had the Reds and the Hurricanes in Townsville. Hurricanes coming away, 47-13 victors there. And in the final game of the week, the grudge match of Australian rugby, Western Force and Melbourne Rebels, 34-27 to the Western Force. Um, Ando, where do you want to start? We'll keep this quick, but what, what yeah. do you want to talk about? What, what do you Let's want to just go down. Let's just go down the list and we'll start with Moana Drua. As Mitch mentioned, if you have the opportunity to watch the full game or even just the mini, do it. It was an incredibly entertaining game. Drua stealing the win right at the end of the match. Um, incredible, again, physicality, but particularly skill and handling, as you would expect. Some just wonderful play from both teams. Highly entertaining and well done to both of them for the result. So, yep, really recommend that. And then the Highlanders versus the Blues. That was an outrageous blowout from the Blues. Mark Talea had a stupid amount of points um, for, I think, uh, Joey in our fantasy competition, like 127 points or something like that. Um, he no, had we don't over talk 200... about it. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We, <laughs> he had over 200 run week. meters 
Um, two tries, 13 defenders beaten, just insane statistics. And it really shows that the Highlanders may well be the whipping boys of New Zealand side of the competition. Um, hopefully things can turn around for them pretty quickly. And I'll let you go on to talk briefly about the other two games. Yeah, so Moana Pacifica and the Fijian Drua, that was just nonstop from the get-go. Like that, uh, the, the score changed hands a number of times. Like both teams were just willing to run the ball from anywhere. I think there was like six or seven penalties, but both teams got. And instead of like kicking it to set piece, taking the scrum, they just took a quick tap and kept going. Like the, the Indrua were definitely there to play rugby and they were there to kind of keep that tempo going. Uh, and Moana held it with them. Like when you think of the performance last year with the Indrua and Moana Pacifica out at, I think it was Combank Stadium in Parramatta, that mm-hmm. game was pretty much like run away with by the Drua. Moana were making mistakes and the Drua were just capitalizing. But this game... Moana got out early and were really looking quite dominant, but then Idrua kept their heads down, clawed their way back, and then ended up scoring in like the second last play of the game to to go ahead and to eventually win it. So fantastic game there and a lot of physicality, a lot of just free-flowing rugby. So do definitely get um, around it if you haven't seen it yet. Brilliant. All right. Well, um, touching then just briefly on the Reds-Hurricanes, that was that was just really disappointing from the Reds. Uh, in many ways, it was a bit of a capitulation. Some of the um, mistakes that they made throughout the game were just really poor. Weak defense around the ruck, um, getting bullied, which is something that you don't really see that often from the Reds. Their forward pack just mm. really, really struggled. Um, so the Hurricanes were deserved winners there, particularly, again, within the second half blowout that occurred. And in the Western Force and the Rebels was definitely a uh, physical and willing encounter from both teams. Um, a few injuries coming out from from particularly the Western Force, had a couple of players go down injured. I think Sam Spink might have done his hammy in a half break that he was on, which is rough for the 13 position, considering um, the lack of depth at 13 that the Force have. But yeah, watching the game back, I enjoyed it. It probably didn't have the same consistently high quality as some of the other games throughout the um, throughout the weekend, but it was definitely a close match with both teams throwing everything at it, and it was enjoyable because of that, because of the tension within the game. I've got to say, just like to sum up Super Rugby Pacific Round One, what's going on with the team sheets this oh, weekend? Mate, we had joke. like Jeremy out Thrush of the, what is playing it? One, for the two, Force, three, four, five, six games that were played. I think four of them at least had players in the starting team, if not the the full 23, that weren't either named in the squad to start with, who weren't even named in the squad to start the season. Jeremy yep. Thrush gets pulled in. Tom Horton gets pulled in for the force. John Alugia gets pulled in. Like, two of those guys were retired. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's uh, definitely concerning. And the weirdest thing was to have Jeremy Thrush take the field without his handlebar moustache. I don't like it. I don't want to see it again. Um, if he has to take the field, he's got to grow that back quickly or wear a fake. Okay. So that's, that's my expectations moving forward. <laughs> just wear, wear a fake, like glue it on. Cause that's, yep. that, that, glue that's it on and just replace it. Anyway, we've, uh, I think we've spoken enough around the results this week. I will just say quickly on the, the Reds and the Hurricanes game, discipline really hurt them. Uh, the Hurricanes really took advantage when the Reds went down a man. Um, then in the second half, they were down a man for 20 minutes. So, um, the Reds need to be better in that regard. They can't let the teams in and get easy points by giving away those penalties and giving away those silly things. And some of those, I think uh, Ryan Smith's yellow card was just really, really dumb. So that's something that Brad Thorne definitely can fix up and will be working on this week. But, geez, it doesn't get much easier for the Reds moving forward. 
Um, let's move now into our match of the week. And you've chosen the Waratahs and the Brumbies, probably because you just want to hear us cry about how the Waratahs lost and we were all expecting them to win. Uh, Ando, where do you want to start with this one? Um, we'll start at a really easy thing that just shows how gracious we are as Waratahs fan, fans. Um, Corey Tool definitely did not step out and his try should have stood. So it, the, the Brumbies should have been up at least another five points in my mind. So that's just something I wanted to put out there. And uh, even in a post-match presser, um, Stephen Larkin was like, come on, you guys are Tars fans. Uh, did, did this foot go out? And we're like, no, 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 it, no. it should have been a try. It should have been a try. Yeah, I mean, it, this, was a, this was an interesting game for the Waratahs. It's something that Darren Coleman has been preparing for all preseason. He's put a lot of emphasis on turning up, filling the stadium, this is their homecoming to Allianz, the new home of the Waratahs, and putting in a good performance that's going to bring the crowds, get people energised and interested back in the sport of rugby union in New South Wales, and give them a reason to want to come back later in the season. Now, the players, look, it, it's kind of where do we go with this? Like, they didn't play badly by any means. Like, it wasn't a bad game. The Waratahs were very physical. They were in it till the end. They kept pushing the Brumbies, but just some of the... The, the simple things, the handling, pushing the passes and um, and kind of at the set piece as well, they kind of were just let down yep. in some of the simple areas, which Darren Coleman definitely was a bit of a, a shadow of a man in that press conference after the game. Yeah, there were a few areas that I think were really important. We didn't touch much about this in our instant reaction pod, but I think they got the back row balance wrong. So yep. starting with Hooper, Gamble and Swinton, I don't think were don't think worked well. None of them are renowned ball carriers and you really need somebody, particularly now with Angus Bell out for um, potentially the rest of the year, uh, definitely trying to make it back for the World Cup, but he's going to be touch and go now that he's re-injured his big toe, as a matter of fact. Um, ligament. Yeah, the ligament in his toe. He, we need to have Harris and Harris or Gleeson starting. One of those needs to be the starting eight, and so I think we probably lose Swinton. Maybe have have him on the bench, and then, or maybe not even on the bench anyway. But either way, we need to start with Harris or, um, or 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 I'm having a mental blank. I just said his name a second ago. <laughs> I love how this happens. No. No, 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 the other number eight, Gleason, Langy Gleason. How does that happen? Oh, Gleason, sorry. I thought we were talking about the six jersey. Keep going. Well, yeah, so I think I think we need to change that. Having Bell gone is going to be really, really difficult. But just sticking on this game, it was our lack of incisive um, forward carries that was really the problem. One of the things I noticed for the um for the first try to the Brumbies, um, it came after the Brumbies had received or taken a line out on the like exactly on the halfway line. And then they just had this immense amount of phase play just going left to right across the field where the accuracy of their ruck work meant that the Tars just weren't able to get onto the ball. They weren't even able to get any dominant hits on in defense. And it, what that did was it tired out the Tars defense until, um, you know, you know, Wright's break on the left-hand side of the mm-hmm. field when he makes that half break and then he's able to offload it to Lonergan who goes in for the try. Yep. That half break comes because Teleni Siu is too slow to get up from a previous ruck after making a tackle. He, he's got his back to the play as he enters the defensive line. But Edmed thinks Siu on his inside has right. 
Um, and so Edmund starts tracking the man on the out in case the ball goes out, assuming that Siu's got it on the inside and Siu doesn't reload. And how does that happen? That happens because Siu has been forced into that error by fatigue because it's his first yep. Super Rugby game. He's fatigued and the Brumbies have been able to manipulate the defense to isolate a weakness like that. And so the Tars just need to get better at enforcing themselves upon the rocks and slowing down and breaking up that play. Otherwise, that's going to keep on happening. I mean, like the Brumbies perform really well at the breakdown. It's yep. It was kind of puzzling in some ways, uh, listening to the way that the Waratahs players were talking in the press conference. Like Jake Gordon and Jed Holloway both did interviews after the game and they were sort of saying like, Lord Laurie, we've worked with him under the Wallabies. He's got such an emphasis on the breakdown, flooding the breakdown, being really clinical, making sure you're actually hands on ball, not hands on ground and that sort of thing. Um, like they spoke about that they were expecting it, yet they didn't seem to be able to counteract it on the field. And they didn't seem to like, they, they looked like they were a bit shocked with the way that the Brumbies were attacking the breakdown so heavily. Um, and they just weren't fast enough to kind of get over the ball and secure their own ball. And, and the Brumbies were just so clinical at that area. They had their hands on the ball like seven out of 10 times. Yep, they were just they were just really impressive. So in my mind, for this game, it was a case of a lack of ruck dominance and forward dominance that cost it for the Waratahs against a quality Brumbies team. They were they were able to exploit the mistakes that they manufactured from their own quality of play. And we've got to talk a little bit about the Brumbies now. Um, they didn't play, they played really well. Um, they they manufactured a lot, and they definitely highlighted the Waratahs weaknesses in, in those areas like you highlighted before just hitting men when they're sort of out of out of um, out of shape and and pulling players across the field and creating gaps when the Waratahs were sort of starting to slow down or starting to tire um, the, the Brumbies were able to sort of up the tempo and play a faster game of rugby one thing that we've come to expect from the Brumbies over the last few years is a really forward dominant set piece heavy game um, I don't know if necessarily it was the way this game was refereed, but no team, either team really, were able to get dominance at the breakdown or, or sorry, at the set piece. The scrums and the lineouts were a bit of a free-for-all both ways. Um, there was penalties and free kicks given out a lot. Um, it, it, there were some injury concerns for the Brumbies as well. So um, uh, just uh, McInerney went off early with a HIA, which meant that John Alugia had to come on, who has only been with the squad for... A week or and a half, two weeks or something. Weeks, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, coming in and, and played like 76 minutes or something or nearly 70 minutes. So big performance from him. Um, and yeah, just it'd be interesting to see how both teams sort of take their learnings from this game and move and use that moving forward. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And I think the Brumbies are going to have a really, really uh, impressive week this week in that they're going up against the Blues. And so it's going to be a real lit litmus test of their quality this early on in the season, considering some of the injury concerns that they do have. Really hoping that Lockie Lonergan is able to be back because as good as um, John Olugia was within his enforced uh, entry into the game, I'm not convinced that he's going to be up to the pace and a standard of playing against the Blues, who, like we mentioned earlier, put on an absolute masterclass against the Highlanders. They were, they were just incredible. They were just brilliant. And so the Brumbies are going to be thanking their lucky stars that they're actually playing this away game down in Melbourne. So yeah. that's that's really important for them. It's it's not home ground for either team, but, I mean, the Blues have to travel further, and so there's that element to it. 
Um, it just means that that home ground advantage that the Blues would have is negated. And so the odds would be a bit more in the Brumbies' favour than if they hadn't been. The Tars have a pretty um, pretty challenging match coming up. So I'm, mm-hmm. oh, I've just lost the page. Who are the Tars playing this week? Yeah, they're playing the Indrua. There we go. Thank you. So they're the playing Indrua on yep. Saturday night for Super Round. So yep. um, we saw from the Indrua in their first game against Moana this week that they really wanted to play up-tempo, physical, fast. Um, yep. The Waratahs at times this week looked like they uh, struggled a little bit to keep up with the Brumbies at times, like we mentioned before. Uh, so the Waratahs, I think, will definitely be working on that this week and making sure that they they hit and they stick because these guys are big bodies and they're going to keep that ball flowing whenever they can. Yeah, I think one of the players, um, since we're still talking about the Tars, one of the players that really struggled this week was Tane Edmed with his defensive responsibilities. I went back through and watched um, big chunks of the game this afternoon, this evening in preparation for this. And not every try, but there were uh, two or three tries that were partly down to his missed tackles. So Corey Tools, uh, no, Bobby Valentini's try where Corey Tool flicks it back in on the outside into Bobby Valentini. Um, That break comes from a missed tackle by Tane Edmed. Um, I also spoke about that earlier one that enabled um, Wright to have his break and pass inside to Lonergan. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of others where Edmed struggled with the defensive duties, particularly on the short side, um, as players were coming back, as the player was coming back and targeting that short side. So he's not normally weak within a tackle. He's not normally someone that has kind of defensive frailties. So I'm pretty confident that he's going to be able to uh, take on this experience and maybe be better for it. Um, yeah. But the other thing I did notice just quickly, Fichetti, the second time I watched it through, Fichetti was massive. I didn't notice it mm-hmm. at the game, which is why I didn't talk him up in the instant reaction pod. Um, but Fichetti was really, really important. He was basically at the center of nearly everything that the Waratahs did that was good on attack. So um, as much as it might be get the ball into the hands of Nadolo or Jorgensen or Nogenitawase, um, like Fichetti is just so important to um, breaking the line and being that central body in attack for the Tars. Yeah, when I went back and watched the game, um, it was interesting, I if if you haven't seen it, the Stan Sport had the player cam going. I didn't know until I got home and the next day was watching it. So they had it on Ben Donaldson at fullback. And watching some of his involvement, it was actually quite weird because they had a really tight camera on Ben Donaldson for the whole game. So you can't really actually see what he's doing or kind of where he's positioned. Um, He's sort of just standing around a lot of the time watching, which in some ways made it feel like he wasn't doing a whole lot. But when you actually watch the replays, he was. But one thing that I sort of uh, thought about coming out of the game was I feel like the balance is still a little bit off with the Waratahs. That axis of Ben Donaldson and Tane Edmund was so good last season, but I don't think they've sort of hit their straps there like they we expected them to. Donaldson didn't have as many involvements as we kind of were hoping from from fullback. Um, and as you said, in defense, Don, uh, Edmed was falling off a few tackles and wasn't quite getting up for it either. So um, I don't know what the Waratahs do moving forward because we don't really have much other options there. I think it's too early in the season to shift Jorgensen back to fullback, particularly with some Fijians running at him as the last line of defense. But um, for whatever reason, they both just didn't seem to be 100% on this week. Um, And I guess that goes across the whole Borotars team. Um, In some ways, I feel like DC maybe hyped this game up just that little bit too much. There was a lot of expectation, a lot of sort of nerves, um, new season, new home. Everyone's talking about the Waratahs being a top four team, potentially winning it like this is the year of the Tar. 
So um, now that they have lost that first one, I am worried that they may not be able to get back up and bounce back as quickly as we might be hoping. And uh, moving forward into Super Round this week, if Fiji come out firing and put a few early tries on, geez, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping we can um, we can match them in that, but I would I would yep. hate for us to lose to Fiji as well. Yep. Well, mate, we're just going to have to see how that one turns out because both you and I are going to be down in Melbourne for that game. So very, very excited. And um, if anybody is wanting to catch up and grab a beer, then we'd be more than happy to say g'day. But I think that's probably it for the match of the week, mate. Anything else you wanted to touch on before we move on? I mean, we, we've sort of spoken about them, but both uh, Corey Tool and Max Jorgensen for the Waratahs, yep. both immense on debut and they're both players with huge futures. Uh, I just kind of want to 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 get on here and say like let's just call out jets everyone there's a lot of yeah, people talking yeah. about like wallabies uh wallaby selections bolters for world cup all this sort of stuff like tool is in a better position because he's a little bit older he's got sevens but jorgensen is literally 19 he's right out of high school he's 18, yes mate. he had a he's great 18. game 18 then 18 um <laughs> yes he had a great game he had great involvement he scored two beautiful tries but let's not put too much pressure on this bloke uh, let's yep. just see how they go. Give them time to develop. Corey Tool, exciting. Really looking forward to seeing what both of these guys can bring in Super Rugby Pacific this year. Uh, but just remember, they played Australian teams. Let's see how they go against the Kiwis in a few weeks. And um, I think it's almost cheap journalism to just be like, oh, a young kid had a good game. He's going to be a Waratahs, bo- I mean, a Wallabies bolter moving forward. Uh, to me, it's it's just too easy. It's just too easy. Yeah. Um, you had Morgs always say you need to have a body of work. You need to have a body of work for a player to get picked for the Wallabies. And that's just it. I mean, there's no way that Tool and um, Jorgensen, you know what? There's no way that Jorgensen is anywhere near it. Um, and Tool, just because of his sevens, maybe if he has the best season ever and Noanganishawase and Wright and Kellaway all like fall off a cliff or something, um, then, then he'll be in the picture. But yeah, basically... <laughs> I think it's just cheap. It's just cheap journalism, getting a few clicks here and there to get people involved. And you know what? Maybe it's a good news story and people need a good news story sometimes, but it's not a really good reflection of reality in my mind. All right. Perfect. I think that's enough for this match of the week. Shall we move into the locker room now? Yep. Let's do it, mate. Keen. Let's go. All right, we move to the final segment of tonight's podcast, which is the locker room where you get involved and send in your fan questions and comments. And first up, we have a, um, a bit of a, a list of players who stood up this weekend from Thallium, who is a fan from WA. So many players stood up this weekend, but some to mention aren't the young bolters that have been plastered everywhere. Hamish Stewart, Richard Hardwick, Brad Wilkin, Bryce Hegarty, Isaac Funz, Leliwasa, Tom Horton, Tom Robertson, Ikitao, Fakedi, Pataya, Ioani, and Gordon. So there was um, a lot of players there that did get deserved wraps um he does notice that he has force colored glasses of those <laughs> players who he has mentioned mitch pick two that you think were real standouts and uh you want to just quickly speak to uh i've actually got one that's not included in this list does that no, count no, or no, not no no no, no. got to be this no. and then okay, once i've said my piece you can come back in oh okay i'll um i'll go with um stewart and yep. who else did i think perform well um, actually, no, I'll, I'll scratch Stuart. I'll go with, um, Hegarty at 10. 
for the uh, Western Force. I thought he had a great game. And I will go with Tom Horton. Why not? I didn't know that bloke was still hanging around Super Rugby. And the fact that when I saw him show up and in Force colours, I was really surprised and he performed quite well. Yep, completely fair enough. For me, it's um, Dickie Hardwick and Brad Wilkin. So Brad Wilkin being the captain of the Rebels within this game. Richard Hardwick playing at number eight. I wasn't sure he'd be able to do it, but as usual, he'd taken his angry pills and it must have been a new batch or something because he was off the charts with his physicality and controlled aggression. Um, He went redder than a tomato, probably redder than a beetroot, and he was just absolutely uh, a monster in the way that he was trying to impose himself. sure it wasn't just the red jersey he was wearing? (laughs) Maybe they melded together or something like that. But he he was excellent, and Wilkin... um, just continues to get better and better. Um, so really, really impressed with those two. Who was the player that you were thinking of that wasn't on this list? Uh, Tom Liner, I thought, for the Reds. Like, jeez, uh, tough tough debut. Yeah, you're coming in to, to steer a ship around and to, to be the sort of face of a, a, a young Reds team. Uh, your debut, you're only, what is he, 19, um, 20 maybe? Uh, so, so young. Look, the result wasn't there for him, unfortunately, but he had some great involvements and, um, he didn't look, definitely didn't look out of place against the Kiwi side, which is massive. Yep. Andy has got in touch saying player of the round is John Elugia. And we mentioned him before in terms of the quality of his performance for the Brumbies, which was fantastic. Craig at Balumba has said all in all, as expected, apart from the Reds blowout for Australia, I would have expected a um, HC with four seasons would not be in this con- head coach. position. So head coach with four seasons wouldn't be in this position, which is fair enough. It's an important question to ask. And also, I think it feeds back into the broader organizational level roster management that we'd spoken about yeah. in the preseason podcast. Um, so anything you wanted to add on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, isn't it? Like they've lost some key plays in that Reds team. And when they get their full 23 back, I think they'll go a little bit better. They've, they're lacking a bit of leadership at the moment um, and just discipline. Like when they give away those silly penalties and those yellow cards, it's against a team like the Hurricanes, they're going to score points. Um, and yeah, you just got to, you got to be up for so long um, for such a young team. It's, it's a big ask. Yep. Yep, definitely. All right. That rugby fellow has got in touch asking, put on your coaching hat, stocks rising for Eddie and stocks falling for Eddie based on round one performance. I'm going to go with stocks rising and say Tom Wright at 15 and Jordan Pattaya at 15. I thought both of them, particularly Wright, um, were pretty strong at 15 in both of their games. And so considering that's a trouble position for the Wallabies, Eddie Jones will have been happy to see those two putting their hands up. Uh, What about you? Any players rising or falling? Uh, we'll have to say, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say, Angus Bell stocks falling. It's just such disappointing for the bloke that he's going to be out for the whole season now. Well, Super Rugby particularly. If he gets himself right, you know, we know we know what he can do. It's about what Eddie Jones knows what he can do. So even if he doesn't get a full season, there's no guarantee that he's still going to make, like he gets his body right. There's no guarantee that Eddie Jones is going to pick him for those tests early. And geez, we don't want him to form into that Taniela Tupo form player either in, in terms of he's off with an injury, he comes back, gets injured again, and then, you know, he's now off for two nearly two seasons. So um, let's hope that he can get his body right and can have that Im- impact. But it's a big ask to see if he will 
feature for the Wallabies again this year. Fair enough. Jock Cudmore, plenty said about Jorgensen and Tool being Smokies to the Wallaby squad. Despite it being one game into the season, so very early to be making claims, but conversely, who's playing themselves out of contention? Didn't think Paisami made a good account of himself. I, w- I would agree. Um, I don't think Hunter was particularly good. Uh, I don't think Tate McDermott was particularly good either for the Reds, um, mostly because he's going up against my boys, Jake and Ryan Wanigan as well. Just by the way, Ryan Wanigan, genuine bolter um, for the World Cup squad. Well, not bolter. He's kind of the fourth in line. But he could be a chance if he if um, he wasn't so similar to Nick White. Who do you think's playing themselves? Yeah, I think like Ryan Lonigan sort of slots into that position with Jake Gordon, doesn't he? Um, with a new coach, with the amount of experience both of those players have now, um, Ryan Lonigan is a captain in his own right as well as Jake Gordon. So I, I kind of see Eddie Jones could very well shift to favouring... Ryan Lonergan and, and use him as his sort of replacement scrum half moving forward now that's not just going to make the World Cup in twenty this end of this year, 2023, but he'll see through into uh, once Nick White finishes up and all that sort of thing. So um, it'd be really interesting to see how Jake Gordon and Ryan Lonergan sort of battle it out this year. Yep. And in terms of players who are playing themselves out of contention, obviously this is one game, but who do you think didn't um, put their hand up particularly well? Um, look, we're a positive podcast, so trying to be positive, I don't really, <laughs> I don't actually have anyone that jumps to mind as playing like yep, atrociously who's, now let's who's move ruled on. themselves out this early on. Yep. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. That's okay. Um, so as a non-biased Waratahs fans are, Rugby Fella is asking, was Tool's foot in touch? We've already mentioned it. No, no. His foot was not Well, uh, I don't, I didn't put it on there, but I, I respond to this, that he was so far in touch that he was sitting in the front row. So, um, <laughs> yes. Well, mate, that's where we're going to end it with the locker room. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for getting your questions and comments in. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Mitch, this has been good, mate. I think we're going to have finished in record time. How crazy is that? Ah, we're, we're being short, sharp, and punchy this year. We've we've spoken about it in the past of, oh, this is going to be a quick pod and it never is. So uh, new format, new year. If you didn't answer the trivia question so quickly, we might have been able to get at <laughs> this even faster. But hopefully the fans at home... Uh, were able to answer the questions as well. Well, mate, it's been a lot of fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for this podcast. Thanks for joining us on YouTube as well because all of these are also going out on YouTube so you can get your uh, visual elements there too. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week and we can't wait to maybe meet you or at least be providing you with more fantastic content down at Super Round in Melbourne. So have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. 